0: And we join him right now with today's message.
1: I want you to uh, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This chapter is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. The last book that I wrote uh, was based on one of the verses in this chapter, To understand chapter 5, you have to go back to chapter 4 and to see one phrase. Because chapter 5 is built upon something that he says back in chapter 4. Are you with me? The phrase is in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Paul wrote these words talking about our bodies. Our bodies, he says, are outwardly, we are, he says, we are wasting away father time is undefeated and so we come to chapter five paul is writing to the church at corinth and he wants to tell them several things and as we go through this text there's a progression you'll see it first thing that he says or i want you to write this down we're all going one day one day all of us we will one day step from this life into the next and I want you to say this out loud. I want you to say, which is the title of the sermon. Everybody say, no exceptions. No exceptions. There's no exceptions to that rule. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Now we know that if or when this earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, don't worry or stress out about that because we have a building from God, an eternal house In heaven, not built by human hands. You live in an earthly body made of clay. And the Bible says there's coming a day for all of us. And in your notes, point number one, I want you to circle the word all and I want you to write this down. There's coming a day where we're all going to die. Every one of us in this room. Here's the sprightly thought. A hundred years from now, you're going to be living in a new body, in a new home, in a new dwelling. Amen? Twice in the first few verses of chapter 5, it talks about how we groan a lot in this earthly body. It hurts to get old. God is actually working to make you dissatisfied with the house that you live in so that you'll long for a place and desire a place where you'll have a new body and a new dwelling and a new house. I want you just to imagine... If these earthly bodies never grew weary and we never grew old and we never had any aches and pains, what would it do to you? You would start to think that you were invincible. You would start to think that you're never going to die. You would start to believe that you don't need God and heaven wouldn't be that big a deal to you because you'd be so self-satisfied in this body you have right now. But because these old bodies of ours are wasting away day by day by the design of Almighty God, it leads us to long for a place called heaven where there'll be no suffering, there'll be no pain, there'll be no death, and there'll be no heartache. The Bible says these words in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 4, for while we're in this tent, we groan and we are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed which means we don't really want to die but what we wish for is we want to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by eternal life yes we're getting older yes these bodies are wasting away but one day we will trade the mortal for immortality and when that day comes We will live in our glorified bodies and the lame will walk and skip and jump and dance and the blind will see and scan and search and stare and the deaf will hear and listen and marvel and soak in and the old will be renewed and restored and revived and the pastor will have a full head of hair. But one day we're all going to pass from this life into the next. And he's taking you through a progression here. He wants you to see that his second point is this in verse 10. And when that happens, the Bible says that we're all, everybody say no exceptions. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says in verse 10 that we must all, there are no exceptions to this. We're all going to die and we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Christ. That each one of us may receive what is due him for the things done while here in this earthly tent, whether it was good or bad, you can try to ignore that fact and deny that fact all you want, but you read verse 10, the Bible says you're going to cross from this life to the next, and that day you will stand before an almighty creator God of this universe. And did you know that even people that say they don't believe in God, I mean, it's like, I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe all that. Even those people... Still, come up with their own code of conduct for how they think a person should live their life. But I want you to know just because you come up with your own standards, your own code of conduct, does not erase the fact that one day you will stand before a holy God and receive a judgment that is due based on his word, his truth, and his law. I want to ask you do you know the day that your heart started to beat? Well, some people say it was the day that I was born. No, 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 no. Your heart started to beat when you were inside your mother's womb. They tell us that the heart starts to beat 22 days after conception. Think about that. 22 days from conception, the heart starts to beat. And what that means is that the day that you were born, your heart had already been beating for over eight months. And God only allows you so many heartbeats. Every one of you has been assigned a certain number. If you're blessed, it beats through your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and your 70s and your 80s. But let me tell you, there comes a moment where that heart stops beating. And when that heart stops, and it's going to stop for every one of you, you're gone as far as the world is concerned you're gone but not according to the bible according to the bible when your heart stops you pass from this life into the next and when you pass from this life into the next you will find yourself standing in front of an almighty god But I want you to write this down. And point number two, circle the word all and write this down. All of us are just one heartbeat away from standing before Almighty God. You're just one heartbeat away. And the question is this, are you ready for that day? The Bible reveals that each one of us is on a collision course with God's judgment. He, God, has provided us a safety device. It's not just a safety device. It's a salvation device called the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on that cross to give you everlasting life. But everyone in this room, you get to choose whether you accept this salvation or reject this salvation that is offered in Jesus Christ. And the truth is, We're all going to die, and we're all going to stand before a holy God. Don't think for a second that you're not going to have to give an account for how you've lived your life here on this earth. Do not think that you are somehow going to get a pass from the judgment. There are no exceptions. We're all just one heartbeat away, and the only thing that will matter on that day when the caretaker comes Is did you in this life invite Jesus Christ into your heart? Did you ever make a decision to be a believer and ask Christ to be your Lord and your Savior? And if you've not made that decision yet in your life, you need to make that decision today before you leave this room. Now, back to the text, he's taken us us somewhere. He wants you to know that we're all going to pass from this life to the next. We're all going to stand before an almighty God. Therefore, point three in the text, we should do everything in our power to try to persuade all people. No exceptions. We should try to persuade all people to give their life to jesus christ doesn't that just make sense yeah. he said in verse 11 since we know what it is to fear the lord in other words since you know that you're going to pass from this life to next, since you know that everyone's going to stand before an almighty god if you know you're going to die and you know we're all going to face god's judgment shouldn't we do everything in our power to persuade all people to follow christ in chapter 5 verse 13 He says these words, if we're out of our mind, people thought he was out of his mind. People thought Paul, he was so zealous, that's all he could think about was trying to get lost people saved. His enthusiasm to reach people with the gospel was off the charts. People were calling him a a fanatic. They were calling him a religious nut. People thought he had lost his mind and he's trying to tell the people, I have not lost my mind. I'm in my right mind. Because he understood that we're all going to die we're all going to stand before jesus one day you know what one of the most often asked questions around jesus and the gospels when you see jesus you know what? one of the most often asked questions it's this question who is this guy because all he ever talked about was the kingdom of god and all he ever talked about were things that really mattered he was so unique and so loving and so pure and we've been called to be so christ-like that we too should be compelled to talk to people because we can't help ourselves. I want you to write this down in point three. Circle the word all and write this down because all people matter. They said to Paul, Paul, you're crazy. Paul said, I'm not crazy. I know. Look what he says in verse 14. He said, for Christ's love, it compels us. In other words, I can't help myself. And the reason he says, now watch this. There's one word in here. The reason I can't help myself is because we are convinced. Say the word convinced. Yes. I, mean, I mean, I am convinced that one died for who? All. Died for, for all. I mean, think about that. When Jesus died on the cross, yes, he died for you. But I want you to think about this. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for Everybody. And when you study the Bible and you read the Bible, you understand the Bible, the story of of God is that he looked down and he loved us so much that he sent Jesus to the cross. And when Jesus dies on that cross, he died for all people, even the people you don't like. See, some of you have a burden for the people you love, but you don't have a burden for the people you don't like. And Paul's wanting you to understand, no, no, that's not the way it works. You just don't have a burden for the people you like. You've got to have a burden for all people because Christ died for all. And we're all going to pass from this life into the next, and we're all going to stand before an almighty God, including the people you don't like. And so instead of running out of church today and just being real concerned about those you love, why don't you run out of here today and have a burden for those you love and those that you don't love? And Christ's love does what? It compels us. He loves the boss that you can't stand. He died for that guy. He died for the boss you like. He died for that spouse that you adore. But he also died for that spouse that's always just irritating you. He died for that son or that daughter that honors you in all that they do. But he also died for that son or that daughter that is the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter who never honors you. He died for your good neighbor. And he died for that neighbor from hell. (laughs) He died for the guy that's living up there in that mansion. And he died for the guy that's living in a cardboard box underneath the bridge. Don't let the things of this world and the people of this world divide us between us and them. Where you walk around, oh, you're one of us, I'll love you. You're not one of us, I'm not going to love you. We've got, we've got to love all people. We have to lead all people to Christ, all people to Christ, because we know we are convinced, write this down, we are convinced that only in Christ will we ever get a new body. Only in Christ will we ever get a new home. Only in Christ will we ever have a new purpose. Only in Christ will we ever have a new calling. And you go back and read all those verses. There's one common denominator. There's one common factor, and that is only people that are in Christ we'll be able to live in this new home in this new body and we'll be able to pass the judgment when we pass and stand before almighty God it's only those of us that are in Christ and if if Jesus died for all we should care about all a story that i heard recently that moved me a guy was down in florida driving a boat underneath a bridge there was a road up above and he was in a boat and he lost control of the boat and he hit the pylon of the bridge threw him outside of the boat he was about to drown and some people fished him out of the water and somehow got him over to the embankment and began to to do cpr on him trying to resuscitate him and at the same time there was a guy driving across the bridge who looked down and saw all the commotion pulled his car over got across the bridge and looked down and he started to figure this all out man there's something going on down there you know the looky lose on the freeway you know what i'm talking about And he's looking around. He's going, oh, man, it looks like there was a boating accident down there. Look at that. Oh, there's the boat. Man, that thing is all mashed up. Look at that thing. Oh, there the guy is right over there. Look at him. Man, this is epic. And all of a sudden, the guy that they're working on, they turn him over, and he catches a glimpse of the man's face. And the guy that was driving across who saw his heart jump because when he saw the face of the man that they were trying to resuscitate, he said, my Lord, that's my brother. My brother. That's my brother. And everything changed. He runs down the embankment. He screams, call an ambulance, call 911, everybody help. That's my brother. That's my brother. What happened to him? What changed in him? Well, he realized what it meant to be lost and he realized who was lost. And when you realize who is lost and what it means to be lost, you'll quit caring about what divides us and you'll see all people through the eyes of God and realizing that Jesus died for all of us. And at that point, at that point, you and I, and this is the point of chapter 5, is that every single believer in Jesus Christ, because knowing that one day we'll all cross this life to the next, knowing we're all going to stand, every one of us should be involved in trying to bring men and women to Jesus Christ. Nothing else, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. As we close at the end of the chapter He says, these things God has given us, the ministry of what? Reconciliation. And we are therefore Christ's what? Ambassadors. In other words, if you're saved, God puts you on this earth on behalf of Jesus Christ. And wherever you go, you're actually representing Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came, he came to build a bridge between those of us here on earth and those uh, in heaven. Christ is the bridge, and so wherever you go, God has called you to the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of trying to lead men and women to Jesus Christ. Amen? Say, okay, well, how are we going to do that? Three things. Number one, prayer. Prayer. We've got to start praying for our neighbors. You've got to start praying for people that are not like you. God will give you a burden for whoever you pray for. The meanest, nastiest, orneriest person. If you just start praying for them, God would give you a burden for them. You know, I was thinking about this. If every home in the valley, you, apartment, you took your two neighbors on your left and your two neighbors on your right, and then the five neighbors across the street, that'd be a group of ten. And if you saw yourself as the prayer coordinator for those ten houses, first thing you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to meet your neighbors. Some of you don't even know your neighbors' names. You got to know who they are, right? And then you just say, "Hey, hey! I don't know if you know this, but I pray for everyone on our block. And anytime you have a prayer need, you just come, just come see me. I'll, whatever it is. In fact, here, here's some cards. Give them some cards, some index cards, and just say, if you ever, if you have ever have a prayer need, you don't have to knock on my door. You're not going to bother me. Just write your prayer down, and stick it in my mailbox, and I'll pray for you. Imagine if we did that." you just became a lighthouse for that for those 10 homes secondly you got to care prayer starts with prayer and you got to care and that's that's what happens naturally if you truly pray for someone you start to care for that person the third one is share it's prayer care then share the love of christ the gospel john chapter 4 everybody say john chapter 4 jesus is there and he goes and he talks to a samaritan woman sinful woman she's at a well getting some water but jesus understands that all people matter so he breaks down that racial divide and he breaks down that social divide and he breaks down that religious divide he breaks down that gender divide he breaks down that sin divide and he engages in conversation because he cares and he starts to talk to her and you go back and read that chapter. She she wants none of it at first. In fact, here's the progression. The first thing that she says, "Jew." Second thing she says, "Sir." Third thing she says, "Prophet." And then she says "Messiah." For starts off, starts off, starts off this little racial, social, religious, Jew. But he was so endearing, she now calls him Sir. And then she goes, you're a prophet. And at the end, she sees him as Messiah. How does that transformation take place in a woman like that? by an individual who was sent here to bring all people to salvation. And that's what God has called each of us to do right here. You're going to go out, and yes, people might even call you some racial slur as you begin this conversation. But you hang in there and keep loving and keep endearing yourself, keep reasoning with that person, and they'll eventually call you sir, they'll call you ma'am, And one day they're going to say, man, you know a lot about the Bible. And hopefully one day they'll see Jesus Christ, not you, they'll see Jesus as the Messiah.
0: (laughs) It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. Four seven seven seven. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.